behalf of His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada, and our Brahma Madhva Gaudiya Parampara, we begin this initiation ceremony. I am very grateful, very honored, and most happy to be with all of you today. Thank you, Vaisheshaka Prabhu and Nirakula Devi for inspiring this incredible historical community of devotees. And thank you for including me in your service. And thank you for all of you who have come today. Srila Prabhupada would begin ceremonies where there was taking of sincere vows. With this particular verse we have recited. Om apavitra apavitro va sarvavastam gotkato piva yasmaret pundari kaksham sabhayapyantarasuji Whether we are pure or impure, or even having passed through all the various situations of life, one who remembers the beautiful, lotus-eyed, Supreme Personality of Godhead becomes purified without and within. Human life is meant especially for this reason, for purification. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu taught Nitya Siddha Krishna Prema Sajya Kapunoi Sravanadi Sudhichiti Kodiye Yudhoi. That love for Krishna is dormant within the heart of every living being. By associating with devotees, with those who love Krishna, by hearing about Krishna and chanting the names of Krishna, this love is awakened from within us. Jeev Jago, Jeev Jago, Goda Chandra Pole, Kota Nidra Jayo Maya Pisa Chirakole. Lord Chaitanya's message, it was built on the foundation of the most comprehensive, deepest, all-inclusive philosophy but its principle is very simple. Wake up, sleeping souls. Wake up. We are now sleeping on the lap of illusion. When one is in a dream, sometimes we're thinking we are sitting on a royal throne and everyone is very nice to us. <laughs> And other times we're dreaming that we're in a back alley filled with rats and then a big tiger comes to eat us. 
So when it's a good dream, we're very happy. And when it's a bad dream, we're rolling and we're screaming. But when we wake up, we understand neither one is really who I am. I'm home. The comforts of home. So similarly, within our hearts, the very nature of the soul is to be with God, to be with Krishna. That is home. The true family that we are all yearning to connect with is our spiritual family, where we're all recognizing and reciprocating with Sri Radha Madan Mohan's love and their their infinite grace. And in the light of that love and grace, then all relationships are eternally, endlessly beautiful. The nature of the soul is mamayavam so jiva loke jiva We're all a part of Krishna. As Srila Prabhupada so often explained that like a sun ray has the same quality as the sun planet, filled with light and heat, but is always subordinate to the sun planet. Because although we may be qualitatively one with God as the sun ray to the sun planet, quantitatively we are only a part. The ray is never the source of the sun, and the jiva, the spirit soul, is never the source of Krishna. Krishna is the source of everything. Aham sarvasya prabhava matta sarvam pravartate iti matvabhajante mam buddha bhava samanvitaha. All spiritual, all material worlds, everything emanates from me, Krishna explains. The wise who know this perfectly engage in my loving service and worship me with all their hearts. This is an eternal principle. In fact, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu built his whole philosophy on this simple foundation. Jivetaswarupoy Krishnaranityadas that the nature of every living being, the soul, is we are eternally servants of the all-attractive, supreme, beloved of all hearts, Sri Krishna. And that service is for the pleasure of Krishna. And there's only one thing that pleases Krishna. Krishna doesn't need technology. <laughs> I was speaking with our beloved Damodar Vilas Prabhu yesterday because he knows how to invent all these memory chips and circuit boards. <clears throat> he was trying to explain it to me and I'll never understand. <laughs> but the brain 
is far more complex than any technology that anybody could create. What are the different circuits of the brain and how they're connecting and connecting to all parts of the body and how through that we're connecting with each other and, and all the things we're creating are due to connections that are born of connections within our own brains. So Krishna doesn't need our technology. He doesn't need our universities and colleges for higher education. All the Vedas are to know Krishna, and Krishna knows all the Vedas. He knows everything past, present, and future. We like to show off how much we know. We like to show off how, what we could do. It's like even a child, if we're walking down the street and we see some ants, one ant can lift so much more than another ant. And one ant could run so much faster than another ant. And one ant has so much more influence over other ants than other ants have over each other. And that, to them, that's really something huge. But even for a child, human, the differences are so insignificant. <laughs> Usually it's the priest who has a cell phone on it. <laughs> but we don't even notice the difference between one ant and another. Compared to the devatas, Whatever we're competing over, whatever we're comparing ourselves about, it means nothing. And Krishna is the source of everything. All knowledge, all abilities, all intelligence, all wealth, all influence, it's all, Krishna explains, all beauty. It's just a spark of his splendor. All the riches, all the heroic activities of everyone within this entire universe is not even an insignificant sun ray compared to the sun planet of Krishna's opulences. That is Krishna. So what does he need from us? What does it mean to serve him? He doesn't need any of that. But he wants our love. Patram pushpam palam to yam yome bhakta prayachchati taraham bhaktu bahritam ashnami prayatatmana. Even if we offer a leaf, a flower, a fruit, or some water with love, Krishna not only accepts it, not only is he pleased, but by his own supreme loving nature, he's happy to be conquered by the love of a devotee. The reciprocation of love between the soul and Krishna is the only truth. Everything else is either illusion or partial truth. The idea of mukti or liberation from suffering is a partial truth. It's a partial awakening of the soul. But the fully developed awakening, 
is prema pumartha mahan. When prema, ecstatic, unmotivated, uninterrupted love for Krishna awakens in our heart. And this is the premise of Srimad Bhagavatam. Savai punksang paro dharamo yatopaktir dhokshichi. Ahoitaki aprati hatayayatma suprasiditi. The supreme dharma, the supreme occupation, the supreme religion, the supreme purpose of life is that which awakens love for Krishna, for Lord Hari from our hearts. And that love is unmotivated by any selfishness and uninterrupted by any circumstance. Param Vijayate Shri Krishna Sankirtana. Lord Chaitanya declared this chanting of Krishna's names, of the holy names of God, who has many names, as the prime benediction. Nama Sankirtanam Vishnu Jagan Mangalamangasam. There is nothing more auspicious in all of existence than the congregational chanting Sankirtan because it awakens our truest potential. And Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in explaining the step-by-step -step, um, revelations one is, one, we are given through chanting of Krishna's names, one is Anandam Bodhivaradhanam. The happiness, the pleasure We've always been seeking, we realize. This is the gift that Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu brought. Namo Mahabharanyaya Krishna Prema Pratayate Krishnaya Krishna Chaitanya Namane Gauratveshenama. The Absolute Truth. Sri Bhagavan, Para-Brahman, the source of Brahman and Paramatma, has descended into this world in many forms, with many names, in many places throughout history. The Gita describes that. Yada yadahi dharmasya glanir bhavati bharata abhyutanama dharmasya tadatmanam sujamyaham Rupa Goswami gives us a glimpse into the identity of Lord Chaitanya. Lord Chaitanya is Krishna himself, who is supremely all-merciful. But in this incarnation, displays mercy even more than Krishna, more than any other incarnation. How is it possible for Krishna to be more merciful than Krishna? It doesn't make sense. That's why it's so beautiful. Achintya Shakti. Krishna's inconceivable. Krishna's supreme mercy, complete, complete love. Karuna Sindhu. Krishna's compassion is an ocean that has no bottom, no top and no sides or shores. 
That means it's infinite everywhere. It's all pervading ocean. So how could anything be more than that? That's Krishna. If Krishna wants to be more merciful than himself because he can do anything, he does it. Krishna is the controller of maya, material energy, the illusions. Never comes under the control of his own external energy. Nityo nityanam chetanas chetananam eko bahunam kaman. Every living being is subordinate to the Supreme Truth. Forever. But by Krishna's will, he comes under the control of the love of his devotee. That's the most secret of all secrets. The highest of all revelations of love. Love of God. Based on the greatness of God is pure. But when Krishna gives the opportunity for sweetness and intimacy that is ever increasing, because it makes us the most happy, it makes Krishna the most happy. And because it makes Krishna the most happy, it makes us the most happy. This is why the chanting of the Holy Name is supremely auspicious. Because it gives the opportunity to enter into the realm, the eternal, endless realm of Krishna's love. Sri Radha's love. Because Krishna is all pure, by associating with Krishna we become purified. And that is how this love is awakened. The mind is compared to a mirror. When you look in mirror you see yourself. But when that mirror is covered with dirt and dust and all sorts of pollution, that's all you see. <clears throat> and you think, that's me. And on the basis of that, this is me, we think that this lust and this greed and an arrogance, this is my identity. And by serving the demands, that's going to make me happy. By serving my arrogance, my selfishness, my envy, that will make me happy. That's maya, the illusion. That's how Krishna says, Bandhuratmatmanasnasya, that the mind that is covered by all of these um, anartas, these unwanted things, it controls us. Is our worst and only enemy. But the clean mind that's under the control of God is our best friend. So when we clean the mirror of the mind, we see our true self. We see our true relationship with Krishna.
today I had a very fortunate experience. I'm going to explain it to you in a few minutes. But first I'm going to describe how Lord Chaitanya Lord Chaitanya said we should learn to cry like a baby crying for its mother at the time of greatest need. So this baby's teaching us such a good lesson. But we, we learn the lesson, so. <laughs> thank, you, thank you, Mother, for helping us to learn that lesson and teaching us the lesson of how a mother is is responding to the baby's call by taking the baby to a nice place where she can make him or her happy. Rupa Goswami met with Lord Chaitanya at Prayag. Earlier this year, I was at the Kumbha Mela. And on one particular day, the um, Mag Amavasya, the moonless day, which is the most popular day for bathing in the confluence of the three rivers, Ganga, Yamuna, Saraswati. But this was a particular Amavasya that happens only once every several hundred years. So it happened to be on a Monday and so many astrological configurations that were harmonizing. So on that day, 50 million people came to take bath in that spot. According to not Hare Krishna um, <laughs> news bulletins. <laughs> it's according to the government police statistic. 50 million people on that day. And I was there. And I was looking around because I went there and with Lokanath, His Holiness Lokanath Maharaj and myself and some devotees, we were at the confluence and, and it actually looked like even more than 50 million people. <laughs> <laughs> and during that month, approximately 100 million people came there. And it's interesting. It was actually so well organized. Everything was kind of flowing very nicely. Practically anywhere you were in that area, there was a nice flushing toilet you can use. Can you imagine that? I've been to several Kumbha Melas, but none were so um, well organized as this one. The government really put energy Anyways, there's a ghat where Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, about five centuries back, in that very spot, he instructed Rupa Goswami for ten days. And he described the process of bhakti, which is very much what initiation is about. He describes that the spirit soul that is entrapped in the illusions of maya 
Janasya Moho Yamahamamete is thinking, I am this body and those things in relation to this body are mine. And based on those misconceptions, we're trying to be happy. Prahlad Maharaj gave such a message. He was a five-year-old boy. Prahlad could speak in the most eloquent, philosophic, scientific ways but he could also speak in such simple ways. He gave a formula. If you want to be happy in this world, stop trying to be happy in this world. <laughs> so easy, so simple. Even an ordinary five-year-old child can understand that because he was speaking to his friends. But when we're so habituated and addicted to the pursuit of happiness, it's our nature to be happy. We can't stop giving up the desire to be happy. There's different modes of nature which give us different experiences and influences of what happiness is. But everyone is looking for happiness. But in this world, Dukalaya Mashashwatam, everything is coming and going. Nothing is permanent. Everything in this world is built upon dualities. If you want happiness, then the other side of the coin of happiness is inevitable distress, pleasure, pain, honor, dishonor. No matter what arrangement we make in this world, whether we become presidents or kings, or whether we become PhDs or triple PhDs, or whether we become billionaires or multi-billionaires, or anything else, the same laws of nature are for everyone. There's really not much difference. You know, there's the particular um, shape of the distress may be different, but the experience is the same. Thank you. So Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was telling Sri Rupa Goswami that <clears throat> this, the living being is going through so many forms of life perhaps 8,400,000 species of life, maybe traveling to so many planets and so many universes in the pursuit of happiness. But in every situation, janma maritya jara vyadi dukkha doshanu darshanam. Old birth, old age, disease, and inevitable death. The miseries of one's own body and mind, the miseries caused by other living beings, and miseries caused by natural disturbances. You can't escape. Not on this world's level. But when we understand that the, the soul is not of this world. The soul is of God. We are not this body. We are in this body. 
So after traveling through so many lifetimes, when the spirit soul is very fortunate, comes in contact with gurus, comes in contact with those who are connected to Krishna. And the guru directly or indirectly awakens that seed of bhakti, the bhakti lata bija that's within our hearts. And when that seed is awakened, it's the most precious treasure in all creation. A parent has a child, little baby infant child. What that mother or father will do to protect that child and help that child to grow up nicely, that's a loving parent. When we understand that this seed has come, it's awakened by the mercy of our gurus and Krishna. It's the most important part of our life. And Lord Chaitanya explains how to nurture that seed like a gardener. I'm going to divert for a second because I really like this story. But a few years ago at Bhaktivedanta Manor, they had the inauguration of the George Harrison Memorial Gardens. And George Harrison's good wife, Olivia, was there, and a very f the most famous gardener of the United Kingdom came. He's on television a lot. I don't remember his name. But he was good friends with George. And he was saying the secret of having a good garden. He didn't talk about what type of fertilizers you use or what type of insect, uh, in, insect repellents you use. And he didn't talk about, he said the most important ingredient for a good garden, a garden that really gives people an experience of the heart when they go there, is when the gardener loves the plants. When you love your plants and you're giving water and you're giving your protection and you're digging whatever you, little things you dig and whatever you're doing, if you're doing with love, because there's a spirit soul in that plant, even a plant responds to love. And when the plant blooms, if it's a flower, that the fragrance of the flower is actually a reciprocation with love on that level. And therefore, when you, you could smell a sweet fragrance, but when it's in that environment, that fragrance not only smells good to your nose, but it actually touches your heart. I live in India, and there's so many street dogs. They, they sometimes travel in packs, and they're so afraid, and they're so... Um, they're just so unhappy. 
fighting over each other, over, you know, any little scrap they can get. They just look so afraid and so miserable and so hungry. A few days ago I was with some people in Beverly Hills and they had dogs. And really, I'm not exaggerating. They have, these people have beautiful homes. And it seems to anybody who's looking at things realistically, they're taking care of the house for the dogs. <laughs> the dogs are so happy. They're so peaceful. They just look at you and their eyes are just... Mm. <laughs> they have their own really special beds and they have their own special bowls to eat from and, and, and they, they have like manicure people coming. <laughs> and they give them these abhi shakes every few days. <laughs> they bathe them and groom them and shampoo them and you, the dogs are really happy. So what's the difference between a, a paranoid, miserable street dog in India whose hairs are falling out due to so many diseases and this other one is peaceful and happy and content because, because there's love. Where there's love, everything else follows. You do your very best if you love someone. And love is not just some impersonal energy. Love is personal. The origin of the love is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Krishna's love for every living being. His infinite power to love. And Sri Radha controls Krishna by her love. Everything is love in the spiritual world. And because Krishna loves us so much, and we're part of him, we have the power to reciprocate our love. And that seed of love is within us. But it's very much um, it has at the beginning, we don't even know it's there. Then we recognize it. When we, when, by associating with those who have faith, that faith awakens within us, that seed. And that brings us to the association of devotees, brings us to the association of, of, of gurus, in where, wherein we actually commit our lives to being gardeners. We must protect the seed. That's why in initiation we take these four regulative principles. No illicit sex, no intoxication, no gambling, no meat eating. But Lord Chaitanya tells Rupa Goswami, those are just very preliminary. If we're serious about our bhakti, there's so many things that are like weeds that could choke, strangle this little creeper that's just beginning to sprout.
Lord Chaitanya says, criticizing and making offenses to sincere devotees is like, it's like bringing a wild, mad male elephant into the garden. What will a gigantic male elephant with enormous tusks, who weighs several tons, who's just... I've seen mad elephants, they're really uncontrollable. What will they do to a little plant? He uses this analogy to show us how important it is that we're respectful, to, we're respectful to each other. Critic the tendency to find faults and criticize others, and whenever we do that, the ego always justifies it. That actually I'm saving the world by my fault, fault finding. We convince others of it, we convince ourselves of it. But Lord Chaitanya exposes this propensity is like a weed. It's like a mad elephant. It could cause havoc in our spiritual growth. It's very important that we live with character. We live with, on the basis of Vaishnav principles. And then we water. And the watering is primarily these nine processes of devotional service. Saravana kirtana smarana bandana padasevana dasyari pujana sakijana atmani vedana. Begins with hearing, hearing about Krishna and chanting the names of Krishna. Hearing and chanting are inseparable. Because you can't chant unless you hear first you don't know what to chant. First you hear, then you chant. And then when you're chanting, the quality of our chanting is how we're hearing, how we're attentive. Kirtan means speaking about Krishna. And it means chanting Krishna's glories, Krishna's qualities, Krishna's pastimes, Krishna's names. And as we're chanting, we're hearing. And when others are chanting, we're hearing. And then it becomes natural smaranam that we remember. And on the basis of that, then we engage in so many activities and devotional service. So that's the water. And Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu explains if we very carefully, sincerely water the creeper of bhakti and at the same time protect by our character, our integrity, our morality, our service attitude, then that little seed sprouts and becomes a creeper and grows higher and higher and higher and gradually that seed penetrates through all the layers of material existence and enters into Brahma Jyoti, the totally liberated spiritual sky where there's only light. But if we're in the association of devotees and we're hearing and chanting, we don't stop watering there. We continue. And the creeper grows to the Vaikunda, to the spiritual world. And we keep 
hearing and chanting the glories of Sri Sri Radha Madan Mohan and that creeper will grow to Goloka Vrindavan, the land of Sri Krishna and Sri Radha, the land of the sweetest, most intimate, loving, eternal pastimes. And the seed has now become a beautiful tree and a fruit ripens to its fullest state. And that ripened fruit is prem. It's love, love for Krishna. And we offer that fruit at the lotus feet of Sri Sri Radha Krishna. And in Krishna's presence, he gives us the taste of the sweetness of that fruit. Paramdrisvani Vartate. And all of the pleasures of this world are insignificant in comparison. It's ananda. It's the ecstatic state of a liberated soul. And Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu explains that all this is going on right here in Mountain View. <laughs> or wherever you may live. Fremont or <laughs> San Francisco, San Jose, wherever you are, in your little house, this whole scenario of Lord Chaitanya's description of the, the seed of devotion growing beyond the heavenly planets, beyond the Brahma Jyoti to Krishna Loka, it's all happening right now in the heart of a devotee who's sincerely cultivating devotional service. And as we taste the sweetness of that fruit of prema, we want to share it with everyone. Brahma Bhuta Prasanatmana Sokchatina Kangshati Samasaraveshu Bhutishu Madhbhaktim Dabhate Paran. When one actually attains the liberated state of Brahma Bhuta, Nasochatina Kangshati, because one is experiencing this higher taste. One no longer hankers or laments for the ever-changing situations or things of this world. In that state, we connect with Krishna's love and we feel deep compassion for all living beings. That's the actual testimony of love for Krishna when we give up our desires to try to control others, when we try to give up our need to feel better than others, and we're actually a well-wisher of others. Because we see everyone is part of Krishna. The sweetness of Krishna, of bhakti, ultimate joy is to share that sweetness and make others happy. Srila Prabhupada, he would sometimes say that all the culture of the Vedas are for one purpose. Sarve Sukhano Bhavantu. Let everyone be happy. 
devotee wants everyone to be happy. Krishna wants everyone to be happy. That's why he descends in this world again and again and again. He will not intrude in our free will, but will always be redirecting us, reminding us. And a devotee in this world simply shares Krishna's compassion. So now I'm going to speak the only thing actually I intended to speak. <laughs> it's what happened to me this morning. <laughs> I was at Vaisheshika Prabhu and Nirakula Devi's garden. How many of you have seen their garden? Please raise your hand. No, I, I'm hoping everyone doesn't come and <laughs> invade your garden. But it's a wonderful garden. It's, everything in that garden reminds me of Srila Prabhupada. Because Prabhupada would talk, would talk about pious trees that give fruits and flowers and every tree and every plant and every shrub it's giving either flowers or fruits and it's just so pleasing and I thought you know this, this is just absolutely wonderful but little did I know what I was about to encounter I'm almost too excited to even say it. <laughs> it's astonishing, it's incredible, it's wonderful, it's miraculous, and I'm going to try to tell you what it is. <laughs> I was, Vaisheshika Prabhu, I was chanting Japa in the garden, all alone, except there was a little cat that was kind of going, mm. <laughs> <laughs> and there was a hummingbird that was going it very nice and I was just this is like it's so wonderful then my crew came down and I was appreciating and he said I want to show you something and then he told me a story Let's go back 500 years. <laughs> I'm elaborating on the story he told me. He, he gave me the seed. I'm kind of <laughs> fluffing it out a bit. We know the story of Lord Chaitanya. He was Nimai. He was Sachinandan, the son of Sachi and Jagannath Mishra, and he was just attracting everyone's hearts with his beauty, with his sweetness, with his pastimes of love. And then gradually he began the Sankirtan movement, and he was, he was showering Navadweep and Nadia district. He was showering everyone with Krishna's blessings and Krishna Prema. But in that state, there were people who were envious of him. 
There were people who were criticizing him. There were people who were spreading terrible propaganda against him and his devotees, especially Srivas, because Srivas were, they were having kirtans every night. And at a certain time, Chan Kazi, there was laws against them, and they were, they, were, they were actually really intimidating the government. And Lord Chaitanya took hundreds and thousands of people into the streets to chant the holy names, and Chan Kazi became a devotee and made a law. In this land of Nadia, as long as my descendants are in power, this Harinam Sankirtan movement will never be restricted. It will have full encouragement. But still, there were those who were very antagonistic. And there were so many people in so many other parts of India and the world. So Lord Chaitanya decided to become a sannyasi, to renounce everything of his home, his his external family, all of his friends and relationships in Navadweep, he was going to leave it all so that he could give ecstatic love for Krishna to allow a larger spectrum of people. And he told just a few people, I'm going to take sannyas. And then he left, very, very late at night, early morning, actually. And he was on his way to Vrindavan after becoming Sri Krishna Chaitanya. But Nityananda Prabhu knew that Lord Chaitanya was very much loving his devotees, and his devotees were on the verge of leaving their bodies of dying and separation from Lord Chaitanya. So he sent a message, everyone come to Shantipur. Lord, I'm going to bring Lord Chaitanya to Shantipur. And there in Shantipur, Lord Chaitanya met Sachi Mata and, and so many of the devotees. But there was one particular devotee that did not come because he couldn't bear seeing Lord Chaitanya as a sannyasi. He didn't agree with this sannyasi um, pastime. <laughs> he lived across the Ganga from Shantipur, where Adwaita Prabhu's home was. And the name of that place is Kalna. And there's because there's ancient temples there of Shiva, of Ambika, it's sometimes called Ambika Kalna. And he was there. His name was Goridas Pandit. And Lord Chaitanya was feeling so much affection and compassion for Goridas Pandit. He told Nityananda Prabhu, let's go. He's not coming to see us. Let us go to see him. So Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he got in a, a boat, a canoe, with an oar. And if those of you who have been to Ambika Kalna, the Ganga is very wide there. 
And all the way across, it's almost like a sea, is Shantipur. Lord Chaitanya, with the oar of that boat, he personally went, he took so much trouble. Of course, what's trouble for the Lord? But if he wants it to be trouble, it's trouble. <laughs> this bhakti philosophy, everything fits in somehow or other. <laughs> Krishna is holding the all the entire universes on it effortlessly by his little power of gravitational forces and all of these things. You know, the sun is in its place. He's maintaining the sun. He's maintaining all the planets. And if the earth just floats a little too close to the sun, we'll all get burnt to death. And if it, and if it goes a little too far from the sun, it goes and we all freeze to death. Somehow or other, since time immemorial, he's just keeping everything going so nicely. He's holding everything in existence. But yet, when he was a little boy, he just learned to walk and go cool. Yashodamai said, Krishna, bring Nanda Maharaj his wooden shoes. And Krishna, he went to the wooden shoes and and Nanda and Yashoda and Gopas and Gopis were watching and he was trying to lift and it was, <laughs> it was so, he was struggling and struggling and then somehow yeah, he put it on his head and then he was walking kind of going, you know, from side to side under the weight of the shoes and he smiled and said, Father, here's your shoes and, <laughs> and they were crying, oh Krishna, you're so nice, Gopal. Oh, if he just, you know, a little boy, like, you know, Putana, he was just a little infant, he subdued Putana, he could have just taken the shoes and just like, just by his glances here. <laughs> but that struggle, that struggle is very, it's, it's Krishna's personal way of expressing his affection and his love. That's what Leela is. It's rasa. It's the in intimacy of loving exchange. So Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, who is Parabrahman, he took a oar and he rowed. And it took a long time. He rowed just like an ordinary person across the Ganga to Goridasa's place. And where Goridasa's house was, please listen carefully, because the story's almost over. <laughs> when, he, when he got to Goridasa's house, just close by, there's a gigantic ancient tamarind tree. And it was there that Lord Chaitanya and Nityananda Prabhu met with Goridasa. Goridas surrendered his heart. My Lord, you've come all the way. You rode across the Ganga just to give me your mercy. He was so happy. But at the same time, he was angry with Lord Chaitanya for taking sannyas. Why was he angry? To make Lord Chaitanya happy. It was his way of showing love.
So they met under this tamarind tree. And they had kirtan under this tamarind tree. And there's so many beautiful stories of how Lord Chaitanya and Lord Nityananda decided to leave. And Gorita said, no, you cannot leave. They said, what, what do you mean? We have to go spread bhakti all over the world. He said, no, no, you can't leave. You, you left me already. You came back. You can't leave again. So they manifested deities. Lord Chaitanya went like this, and Lord Nityananda went like this, and they became deities. And then Lord Chaitanya and Lord Nityananda, they said, okay, the deities are here, now we're leaving. And Goridas, he said, no, you can't leave. He said, but we're not different than the deities. So we're here with you, now we could leave. He said, no, you can't leave. He said, no, you don't you know this philosophy? We are none different than the deities. <laughs> and Goridas, just out of his love, he said, if you're none different than the deities, then, okay, let the deities go and you stay. <laughs> So Lord Chaitanya and Lord Nityananda said, all right. And they went like this and they became deities and then the deities turned into animate walking forms and left. And Gauri Das said, no, 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 you can't leave, you can't leave. And they said, but we have to leave. He said, well, let the deities leave and, and you stay. So then they went like this and became deities, and then the original deities that became walking forms, they became walking forms again, and, they, and this went on and on. Finally, Gauri Das surrendered. And he spent the rest of his life worshiping those deities. And those deities are still there. But Lord Chaitanya, he gave Gauri Das, he actually, I think it's the Bhagavad Gita. Lord Chaitanya in his own hands, he copied the Bhagavad Gita on palm leaves and gave that to Goridas to keep in his temple. And then he gave Goridas Pandit the oar that he rode to go and reach him. Lord Chaitanya says, I am entrusting my oar to you. And with this oar, you will cross over the ocean of material existence and you will bring all living beings with you. And if you go to the temple in Ambika Kalna, close to that tamarind tree, the oar is still there. So this tamarind tree is the witness of these pastimes. It's a place where Gauri Das Pandit would worship Lord Chaitanya and Lord Nityananda. It's the place where Lord Chaitanya would sit and chant and have kirtan. And Nityananda Prabhu had a wonderful festival there. So not long ago, Vaisheshika Prabhu went with the head pujari of Sri Mayapur Dham the leading pujari of the whole International Society for Krishna Consciousness, Janani Vasprabhu. Were you there, Mataji, also? 
and Nirakula Devi was there also. And if I tell the story in any way inaccurate, you can please, please correct me. But I'm telling it as I understood it from you. So as they were sitting there, a tamarind fruit fell to the ground. And Jananivas picked it up and handed it to Vaisheshika Prabhu and said, please eat this. So when the head pujari of our movement <laughs> gives you a tamarind tree fruit and tells you to eat it, what do you do? So Vaisheshika Prabhu very graciously, with much gratitude and emotion, he ate it. And what was left was two seeds. So he kept those seeds. And I don't know if I should say this because it's being live streamed. <laughs> He secretly carried those seeds <laughs> through U.S. immigration and customs. <laughs> and I doubt if he declared them. <laughs> Krishna always protects his devotees so the dogs didn't smell them. But he brought those two little tamarind seeds. And they're not from one of the children of the original tamarind tree. That original tamarind tree is still there today. It's ancient. It's giant. The original tamarind tree that Lord Chaitanya, Lord Nityananda, Gauri Das Pandit, and so many of the associates of the Lord had their pastimes. The seed from that tree was brought to Burlingame, California. <laughs> and he got a little pot and put some real nice Mother Earth in the pot and planted those seeds. And he was thick because it's a very different climate here. That's the holy dam. And wherever devotees are Tatritishtamidarada, wherever devotees are enthusiastically, sincerely chanting Hare Krishna and talking about Krishna and serving Krishna together, that's Krishna's there, it's a holy place. So he planted the seeds in a pot and put it in his greenhouse. And I think a couple weeks passed and nothing sprouted. Is it accurate so far? <laughs> and he was thinking, there was no way it was going to grow anyway. But after some weeks, one day he went into his greenhouse and it was sprouting. One of the seeds was sprouting.
And every day it was getting a little bigger, little bigger, little bigger. And about a week later, the other seeds sprouted. And I was looking at them today. They're about this big, yes? And they looked exactly like the original gigantic tamarind tree they're coming from. They have the same DNA scientifically. <laughs> but from a devotional perspective, they're expansions of that original bag. And they just look just like little tiny versions of that bag, tamarind tree. And they're growing day by day, and the leaves are so green and fresh and luxurious, and it's so beautiful. And there's a beautiful lesson to this story. I was remembering Srila Prabhupada. He descended from Goloka Vrindavan, but in his pastimes he received the knowledge of Lord Chaitanya's mercy to spread bhakti to the world from his guru, Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur. That seed in 1922 was planted in his heart. It awakened in his heart. And in 1965, he carried that seed to the shores of America. And that same seed, so many, it, it manifested in so many hearts. Srila Prabhupada, was the gardener of the seed of bhakti for the, for the International Society for Krishna Consciousness. He traveled around this world over 12 times, awakening these seeds, nurturing these seeds. And when devotees asked Prabhupada, how could we possibly repay you? He said, what I've given you, sincerely receive what I've given you, which means by following what I'm teaching you, and share it with others. Follow in your own heart and lives what I'm giving you, and share it with others. That is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's mission, and that is how Srila Prabhupada has spread it throughout the world. There was a time, and I cite this often because it moved me so much when I heard the recording. It was the disappearance day of Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Prabhupada. Prabhupada was telling about his Guru Maharaja's life and about his relationship with him over the years. And he said, now I am very old 
and Krishna can take me away at any moment. But you are all young boys and girls. I am entrusting this movement to you. And Prabhupada started to cry. That he cried in gratitude to all of his devotees, thanking all of us, thanking us. And this is, we can understand this applies for all generations of devotees. He's crying and thanking us for assisting him in his mission to his Guru Maharaj. Today, for those of you who are being initiated, and for those who have been initiated, it's a time to deeply reflect with grateful hearts. Prabhupada is thanking us with tears for helping him to spread this movement. By our example, by our character, by our, the sincerity of our sadhana, by our relationships, and by our enthusiasm in so many ways to, be, to create beautiful communities, to have wonderful festivals, to have wonderful educational facilities, to distribute Prabhupada's transcendental literature. There's endless ways that Prabhupada has given us to awaken the seat of bhakti in hearts of the people of the world. Initiation is a time where before the Guru, before our founder Acharya Srila Prabhupada, before the assembled Vaishnavas, the sacred fires and the deities, we commit ourselves, commit us to ourselves to following the path and sharing the path. And sometimes it may appear that nothing's happening, like that tamarind tree in the greenhouse of Nirakula Devi and Vaisheshikaprabhu. But in due course of time, it will sprout and it will grow. Another beautiful thing about this story is Vaisheshikaprabhu didn't even take that seed from the tamarind tree, it was given as a gift by a devotee. That's how we receive and that's how we spread pure devotional service. I thank you very much.
Very bold. You clap very melodiously. <laughs> I, I humbly request my God brothers, God sisters, Srila Prabhupada disciples who are here to speak some words of encouragement for the initiates. You I'm are so unqualified priest. to speak first, but I will tell you that this is the best day of your life. And you'll always remember it. And you will have um, a lot of ups and downs, but always remember the instructions of your Guru Maharaj and keep chanting Hare Krishna and be happy. This is a very beautiful, important moment in everyone's life. And I can only remember the words, actually the actions of a wonderful devotee. His name was Bhaktithirtha Swami Maharaj, who uh, embraced me warmly and said, Hare Krishna, that's what I bring to you. Thank you, Radhanath Maharaj. You said everything. There's nothing else to say after that. Thank you. Thank you. Hare Krishna. Thank you, everyone, for joining this ISKCON society and welcome to the Gaudiya Vaishnava Sampradaya and all glories to all of you who have taken this great step of taking shelter of such a qualified son of Srila Prabhupada as Srila Radhanath Swami. We wish you all success in your path back to Godhead. Never ever Give up chanting Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. The future belongs to you. you. You have a glorious path to tread, and may you do your spiritual master proud. Hare Krishna. So I'd like to congratulate all the uh, devotees here who are taking initiation from Radhanath Maharaj. You're very fortunate to be taking shelter of such a, a wonderful advanced devotee. Uh, you can see from the, the round of applause he received at the end of the class that everybody appreciated his lecture very much, uh, as did I. And you, you can't speak like that unless you live like that. In other words, you can't speak Krishna consciousness, Krishna Kata so wonderfully inspiring so many devotees unless you're very sincerely applying yourself to the process. So you're all very fortunate. Uh, please try to remember everything he said. And if you can't remember it, get the tape, <laughs> transcribe it, study it, and make it your life and soul. Make it your life and soul to try to
really imbibe and, and do everything you know, he said in that lecture, and then your lives will be perfect and successful. Thank you very much. Hare Krishna. Krishna. Uh, as my god brothers and god sisters have said before me, you're all very fortunate to take the shelter of Radhanath Maharaj. And uh, you've all represented him very nicely, or you wouldn't be sitting here. So I pray that you can continue on this path. As Kanka said, there will be tests, there will be ups and downs, but you have a lot of support and you have the holy name. And please don't forget that. Always take shelter of the holy name in Srila Prabhupada's books, and your Guru Maharaj will happy, be happy and continue to shower you with his mercy. Hare Krishna. It's very easy to take for granted at the time we're living that everything will remain the way it is or to not see the divine arrangement behind the way things are right now. But if we take a much higher perspective and realize how amazing it is that we're all sitting here together, all of you who are taking initiation here today, uh, Radhanath Maharaj who came into the world at the exact right time to meet Srila Prabhupada at the exact time that the movement was surging and then as given his whole life to spread it all over the world. All of you, somehow or other, from India and coming to Silicon Valley, <laughs> most of you from India, and how we're all together in this place and how we've all met. Prabhupada said it at the end of the lecture for Srila Bhaktisiddhanta's disappearance day with a series of who knew that I would come to your country? Who knew that you would come and meet me there? And keeping that perspective and then seeing that there's a, such a huge opportunity right now. One of the meanings behind the initiation is that we have a real job to do. Just recently, I was meeting many very successful people who have given their life and soul to <laughs> developing companies and uh, highly qualified in so many ways. And it reminded me how we should emulate such people in their enthusiasm to expand Lord Chaitanya's movement. Our vision is to see here in Silicon Valley something that's such an example of Vaishnav care for, for every living entity and which is so powerfully pervasive because of its mood and stature that it stuns the whole world. And my perspective is that all of you have been handpicked by Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to be at the feet of such a master who is doing the same thing. So I pray on this day that we may 
all work together with even more vigor to worship Krishna with full attention through hearing and chanting to develop the uh, best of relationships between all devotees to please Krishna and to lean into the project here at Silicon Valley so that it, it shocks the world to see s such a, a temple emerge just like that little tamarind tree <laughs> coming out of the ground. It actually really shocked me when it came out. I, I stood there for about five minutes. I couldn't believe it. I ran in the house and I told Nirkula this. And so we're, here we are about to sprout here in Silicon Valley. It hasn't quite. But if we, if we give our full intention and we honor this prayer, we pray to Krishna, as I, I think I'm doing right now, uh, please empower us all to do all these things I just mentioned, to expand the Sankirtan movement here under the uh, loving care of Srila Prabhupada and Radhanath Maharaj. And uh, everyone who agrees with, with this sentiment, although imperfectly stated, Please say Hare Krishna. Gaur Premanande Haribo. Srila Prabhupada is the founder Acharya of our international community. He is the purifying, unifying force that we are all assisting. Whatever our roles may be, wherever we may be, we are all, really our highest dharma is to assist Srila Prabhupada, to share Krishna consciousness with each other and with the world. When we appreciate that, then we're really in a spiritual strength where we could rise above so many excuses to quarrel, faction and we actually have the vision and the mercy the divine grace by which we could cooperate on this higher level there may be diksha gurus shiksha gurus gpc's temple presidents pujari sankirtan devotees congregational devotees cooks teachers so many roles within our society but ultimately gopi bhartur padakamaliyorudasdasanodas our only real position is we're servant of the servant of the servants trying to assist Prabhupada in giving krishna consciousness to each other and to the world so please let this be a very important part of your commitment today. <laughs>